Hello, everyone. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good evening. This is, I walked in and I said, good morning. <laughs> and then I was with the, the, the connect team that was serving hot chocolate and somebody asked, Ah, is the, is the, is the service happening in the auditorium or is it up here? And Anna replied, well, now we're just having breakfast and then we'll, and then she kind of caught herself. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't remember the last time that Christmas was on a Sunday. I am sure that it happened in my lifetime, <laughs> but I cannot recall. I think most churches were kind of caught off guard. No, it's Christmas on Sunday. What do we do? <laughs> and so we just decided, you know what? Let's switch things up. Let's have service in the evening. And to be honest with you, there was a Christmas Eve dinner yesterday. Who was here at Christmas Eve dinner? Loads of you. Wow. How was that? Yes. Very nice. You can applaud your own cooking. I heard it was really good. Um, but I was, uh, I have to confess that, um, I have a little bit of FOMO. If you don't know what that means, it's fear of missing out. I have a little bit, a lot of it. I'm the queen of FOMO. And so I was seeing the pictures yesterday and the videos and, oh, like for me, it is so good to be with you on Christmas. And I don't know why we don't do it on other years. I think we might consider doing this, a tra making this a tradition to be with one another and have service and just not only have dinner yesterday with each other and today we will have dinner again served by the one and only Mosin. Is Mosin here? He's cooking. So we will just love on him and hug him and thank him for being here on Christmas Day and cooking for all of us. We will have some, I don't even know what the menu is, surprise, so we'll all be surprised with that. Um, but it is not only the, the, how special it is to have dinner together and, and, and be having a Christmas meal together, but to worship together to come and be in the presence of God, the one who, it's all about him. It's his birthday. This is, this is all about Jesus. And so it is so precious to come and celebrate Christmas with you. And a couple weeks ago, or last week, I was supposed to preach, but for a very a variety of reasons. Ruben and I switched last minute, and so I ended, he preached last week, and I ended up preaching today. Um, and uh, several people throughout the week kind of came up to me and, and, and went, Oh, so you're preaching on Christmas? Like, don't mess that one up. <laughs> People come to church on Christmas, Gabby. What are you going to say? What are you going to preach? And to be honest, as I, as I studied for today and as I prayed and as I thought about it, the more I studied and the more I thought, the more I concluded that I have nothing new to say. I have nothing new to say this evening. Because I feel like often, especially in modern churches, there's this pressure on the preacher to bring something new, something innovative, like to make a TED talk out of the gospel, that, that our live stream would go viral because my eloquence was just so entertaining and my humor just kept you laughing and roaring in your seats and my illustrations were so inspirational and I have to break it to you that today I'm not bringing anything new. In fact, I want my participation in this service to be as brief as possible so that I can just point you to Jesus, so that I can just point you to the one that, that, that the whole world just is all about him, that this whole story is all about him, this story that is not new. It's an old story, over 2,000 years old, but man, if you will just hear it, if you will just really, really listen to it, and I, I think Dina and Ruben in the past couple of weeks, they brought the gospel in such a marvelous way that if you will just listen to this old story, 
It has the potential and the power to completely revolutionize your life and make it new and make all things new. So today it's Christmas Day. And we're celebrating Christmas, and I, I find it quite anticlimactic that tomorrow, 26, you wake up and it's over. The whole, the whole year we wait for Christmas Day, and then, oh, 26, it's gone. <laughs> Only 364 days till next Christmas. But today's Christmas, and we're celebrating Christmas. We celebrate God sending his son who is God himself, therefore revealing the very nature of who God is. You want to know who God is? Then look at Jesus. Do you have questions about who God is? Then open up your Bible and read about Jesus and see the life of Jesus. Open up your mouth and pray to Jesus. He is the revelation of who God is. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustained all things by his powerful word we are celebrating the fact that we know God and that we have the privilege to have a relationship with him because of Jesus Christ and so if you see Christians rejoicing if we if you see Christians singing songs about how joyful we are it's not because they don't have problems it's not because they don't have sickness in their lives. It's not because they don't face trials. It's not because they don't have questions. It's not because life is easy and it's just a breeze. It's a walk in the park for them. It is because they have understood the privilege of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And nothing, nothing in this earth compares to that. And just because of this relationship, we can have joy. And here's the thing. Maybe you're in here this evening and you know about God. Like you've heard us talk about him, and you've heard the songs, and you've read the verses, and you've heard the testimonies about God, but you don't actually know him. And so this evening, I don't want to draw you to my words. I don't want to draw you to, to a message that I prepared with my own opinions or my own experiences, but I just want to draw your attention to Jesus himself, where you can come into his presence and not just know about God, but you can know God. That's what Christmas is all about, is that we as a church don't just have to know about him, but you can come directly to him because he is a God that came to you. And so as a church, my prayer is that this evening, that we would adore him, that we would take some time and just, just connect with him. Just say, here I am, God. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. Speak to me. Here I am. I'm listening. I just want to adore you. I just want to worship you. And if you're a Christian in here, if you call yourself a Christ follower and maybe you've been a Christian for a while, then when was the last time that you just walked into your room, closed the door behind you, and just prayed? And just thanked him, not just on Christmas, but just thanked him for his sacrifice. Thanked him that he would not consider himself equal with God, but that he would empty himself and become a servant for your sake. The Bible says in Revelations 2, 4, and these are the words of Jesus. He's speaking to a church in Ephesus. And I feel like he's speaking these words to me so often, saying, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. And so this evening, if you're a Christian, I would invite you to reconnect with the joy of this message, 
to reconnect with the reason of why you decided to leave your nets and follow Jesus. I would invite you to speak to him, to open up your heart and to be real again, to leave your religiosity, to leave the prayers that you repeat over and over because they've just become a pattern of your life, but that you would just be real with him and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you would fall in love all over again. I've been reading this book called Love Does by Bob Goff. Anybody heard of it before? Not a lot of you. Okay, well, Love Does by Bob Goff. (laughs) Um, and the author talks about how he has this house uh, by the lake. And this stranger, they, they, him and his wife would sit out and they would see people go jogging and running and walking and couples and be all romantic by the lake. And they would just kind of sit there having their coffee and, and seeing people. And one day this stranger walks up to him and goes, hey, um, I forget his name, introduces himself and goes, so um, I have... I'm dating this girl we've been dating for a while and I just, I really want to propose to her and your house would just be perfect. Could I propose to my girlfriend in your backyard? And the author is kind of like, hmm, that's a little audacious. Um, but okay, yeah, I think that would be cool. So he says, yeah, no problem. The next day, the stranger comes around again and he goes, so about my proposal, uh, could we have like a candlelit dinner at your in your backyard? <laughs> and how this guy's, well, okay, hey, what the heck, why not? Guy comes again uh, and goes, so about that dinner for my proposal, uh, could we just have a few friends over as well and be part of it? And he goes, well, what do you mean by a few friends? Just like 20. <laughs> and so the friends were going were gonna to serve the dinner and participate in the whole thing, take photos. And, and this guy came again and again. So he, he went from just asking to use the backyard to then asking for the dinner, the friends. Then he asked if they could have some speakers so that he could dance after the dinner with his girlfriend to the song that is their song. And then one day he comes again the next week and he goes, so just one more question. Do you have a boat? <laughs> now this guy's going, are you insane? I do have a boat. But he goes, well, I was wondering if after the dinner and after we dance and after our friends are involved that we could just go out on the boat and I could propose on the boat. And so this, the author is just going, hey, man, I'm in it already. Why not? Let's do this. Let's just propose on the boat. And so it ended up being just the most amazing, most romantic. He says it was worthy of Hollywood. This proposal was just so beautiful. But the point of the story was that this guy was in love was that this guy, all he cared about was that his girlfriend would just feel loved, all the love in the world. And he just, he had no filters. He didn't care what this stranger thought. He didn't care what other people thought. He just, all eyes on his girl. And and so when was the last time? And do we as Christ followers, are we living with this kind of love for Jesus? This kind of love that will just make us do anything. Jesus, where do you want me to go? Jesus, what do you want me to say? Jesus, where do you want me to apologize? Because I'll do it for you, not for them, but I'll do it for you. (laughs) Jesus, I'm here. I just, I love you so much. Are we living with this kind of love? Because this is the kind of love that God has for you, that he gave it all for you. And so I want to invite you, if you're a Christ follower, Return to your first love. And if you're not a Christ follower, then I want to invite you. And really, I'm not about the labels, but I'm about the relationship. And you know, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then I want to invite you to just speak to him. Speak to him tonight. Approach him tonight. I was listening to this podcast. 
I'm just throwing in there that I read, that I listen to podcasts, and just so you know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm read, I was listening to this podcast by Francis Chan. Who knows Francis Chan? He's one of my favorite speakers. Um, and he was talking about how he wrote a book as well, and he was talking about how recently in this podcast, people had approached him and said, Francis, I just want to thank you because I follow you on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and your posts are just so uplifting. They've just been so encouraging to me. And, and just oh, the words that you share, just thank you so much because they just make a difference in my life. And Francis goes... And he thanks them and goes, well, you know, you're welcome. That's, that's nice. Thank you for sharing. The only problem is that I don't have Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. <laughs> and so what happened is that people are being encouraged, and, and, but it's all quotes, people quoting Francis Chan, and that's cool. But you know what? Sometimes that's what we do with God is we settle for the fan page. Is we settle, we come to church and we listen to people talk about him and you listen to Gabby preach about Jesus and you listen to Barry sing about Jesus, but you don't really know Jesus. And so what I want to invite you to tonight is that you just wouldn't settle to, for knowing about God, that you wouldn't settle for knowing about Jesus Christ the Messiah that we sing about, but that you would know him because he has made himself fully available to you. And that is the good news that we rejoice over at Christmas, that you can know him. See, God, this incredible God that we worship, he is everywhere. He is Lord of the universe. He is creator. He is transcendent. He is other than. He is holy. And one day we will stand before him and we will have no other words. We will be speechless. The only thing that we will be able to say is how holy he is. He is everywhere. The Bible says in Colossians, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. His glory fills the whole earth. The word says in 1 Kings 8, 27, behold, the heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. Our God is incredible. He is powerful. He is majestic. He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Our God is everywhere. And yet, our God is here. He's right here. Humbly, gently, patiently, knocking at the door of your heart. This incredible, majestic king that was and is and forever will be. The Lord who is Lord. He is Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He is everywhere. And yet he is here, right here. Revelations 3.20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I will come in. If you open the door to your heart, I will come in and I will do life with you. And I will bring my peace. And I will enter your darkness and I will bring my light. And I will take away the sorrow and fill you with joy. And where there is no longer any hope for the future, I will come and bring you hope. I will revive your dreams. I will give you meaning and I will give you purpose. I stand at the door and knock. He wants to come in and completely flood your heart completely invade your life with all that he is, with all of his mercy, with all of his grace, with all of his goodness. What we are celebrating today is so powerful. 
is so incredible, is so beautiful. Dina said this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus isn't just a prophet sent by God that came to earth to show us the way to find God. No, we have a God who came to find us. We have a God who came to us that we don't have to live our lives striving to reach the top of this mountain that we, quite frankly, will never reach because we are limited and we are finite. But we have a God that humbled himself that you and I could come into his presence and sing, holy are you. Change me, make everything new, transform me. I don't want to live life according to my own rules and my own definitions. I just, I want to live for you. See, I, I find it perplexing how so often people are so quick to criticize Christianity for apparently being so far-fetched. It's so out there. How, Gabby, how can you, how can you believe this? How can you believe, Gabby, in a God who, un, who is unconditionally loving, that he would give himself to you so that you could live life in all of its fullness as it was intended it to be, as God had intended it to be from the very beginning, and, and that you would live a life with a purpose of loving God and being loved by him? That's ridiculous. You know what I don't understand? How many millions of people go through life day to day without ever asking the question, who is God? Go from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, decade to decade. And maybe at some points of crisis, these questions will kind of pop up in their hearts, but they'll just quickly get over it. And they'll never ask the question, how did I end up here? Why am I here? Who is God? Is there life after death? Is there more to this than what meets the eye? This week, I was talking to some friends, reflecting on 2022. If you know me for two minutes, you know that I love to ask questions of what was your high and what was your low, and give me from a one to a 10, what was your year like? Don't overthink it, just tell me. And so we were having this conversation, and one of my friends um, she shared how, how the high and really the low was kind of mixed up in there, how it was getting to know herself better. And, um, and I hear this a lot of people trying to get to know themselves better, and, and that's great. Self-awareness is great. It's great to ask questions of, you know, why do I feel the way I feel and what do I like and what don't I like and what triggers me and why does that trigger me and what was my childhood like and how does my past affect my present and, and shape my choices and my feelings of today. It is so important to, to get to know yourself better and, and, and to, there's so much to discover. And really the more that you know and, and it's so important to get to love yourself because the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you don't love yourself, then you're not going to do a pretty good job of loving others. And so self-awareness and self-discovery is, is so important. But man, there comes a moment where you have to look beyond yourself. There comes a moment where you have to realize I'm so limited. And I don't know why the heck I'm here. I don't know how the heck I got here. I mean, I know mom and dad and all that, but I don't know beyond that. Who made me? Who intentioned me? Is there a purpose for my life? There has to come a moment where you ask bigger questions and you have to come to someone bigger than yourself. 
to someone who knows all things, who was in the beginning, before you were, before, before we were. We have to go to the source who made you and why. The Bible says, and this is a prayer that, that David prays in one of the most beautiful psalms that we find in Psalm 139. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. A few verses later, he says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This isn't just a poetic prayer that David said. This is truth, that the Lord knows you. He knows you like you don't know yourself. Jesus knows you like nobody else knows. He knows the things that you voice and the things that you can't even put into words. He knows your dreams, the ones that you are fulfilling and the ones that you are so afraid you might never fulfill. He knows about your past, your present, your future. He knows all about you and he loves you. He knows you. And my point today is that you can know him too because of Jesus Christ. And when you know him, man, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Everything changes when you know him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. I wish that as a church today we wouldn't just be here to be entertained or to go through some religious tradition, oh, it's Christmas, I guess I have to go to church, but that we would, would come and really get to know who God is, that we would come and worship him ourselves, not just hear Barry and the worship team sing about him, not just hear me say nice words that, that, that we're encouraging, but that you would take the next 20, 30 minutes that we're going to spend in this service and just worship him, just come to him in a way that is unique to you, in a way that is unique to the language that your heart speaks, but that you would come to Jesus Christ himself. Because there is nothing separating you from him. And if there's one thing that I, that I want you to take away today, is that there is nothing standing in the way of you and Jesus. There is nothing standing in the way separating you from the love of God. God is for you, and he has given himself to you. The word says in Romans 8:32, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Nothing stands in the way of you and your creator. If you have questions, he's got answers. There is nothing standing in the way of you, and the one who formed you, the one who shaped you, the one who loves you with an unconditional love, the one who has unconditional grace and mercy, you know that today you can start over. That's what grace is. And, and to be honest, I, I want to share with you that this year, one of my greatest lessons was really understanding what grace is. I feel like I still had some self-righteousness in me that I've earned some things in my life. And, and God just showed me, no, 
my grace, it has nothing to do with your behavior. It has nothing to do with how hard you work or how holy you think you are. My grace is all about me. His grace for you to start over. That you could come to this God. That you could have a relationship with this God. There is nothing standing in the way. No guilt, no shame. Nothing stands in the way between you and God. Not life, nor death, nor fear, nor worry. Nothing in all of creation can ever separate you from the love of God. Amen? Amen. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. This God of mercy, of grace, of love. He is God with us. Can we just not rush that? God with us. But his presence is not forced upon you. It is offered to you. Again, I don't want to bring much more today. And I'm just going to close here. I'm going to invite the worship team, if you guys could come up. Because what I really feel in my heart for us to do today is to be with him. To just spend time with him. A few weeks ago, at the beginning of December, um, we had a prayer night here at church. And Joe Day and Alia were coordinating and organizing the prayer night. And the whole church, loads of people came. And it was so exciting to see that many people come to a prayer night. And I show up. And, you know, as the pastor, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to pray together. We're going to get into, like, different groups and pray about different topics. And next thing, Joe Day starts us off with the microphone. And she goes, so today you're not going to talk to the person next to you, not going to talk to the person you came with. We're not going to do group prayer. It's you and God. And I was a bit surprised, but what she was doing and what, what, what they were trying to create for us was an opportunity for us to just be quiet and not, not just be in the rush of things. So many times we, we don't stop to pray. And so Jodea and Alia felt it was important to create an opportunity where you would come to just be on your own and pray. And so that's what I want for us now, is to create an opportunity for you to just stop the festivities and the dinners and the Christmas presents and all of those wonderful things and just come to Him, the one who is worthy of it all, the one who came to you, the one who was born, the Messiah, the long-awaited King, the one who humbled Himself to come as a baby, And a baby who grew up to suffer for you and I. To die on a cross. You see, Christmas, Jesus being born means nothing if he didn't die and resurrect. But he did. He died on a cross and three days later he resurrected, conquering death. Paying the price that you and I could never pay so that you and I could enter into the holy presence of God. That's what we're celebrating. So I want to invite you to stand. Would you just close your eyes this evening?
if you're a Christian, then come back to that first love. Come back to that first love. Maybe you're dealing with some disappointment. Maybe there's confusion in your heart. Maybe you're wondering why God hasn't done some things that you thought he was going to do. God make everything new. Let him reveal who he truly is. Not this image that you have made of him over the years, but let him remind you of his goodness. Remind you that he is in control. Remind you of how good he is, of how wonderful he is, of how mighty he is, of how capable he is. Come back to your first love where you surrender everything because nothing compares to the joy of following him. And if you haven't opened the door of your heart to Jesus, this Jesus that loves you in a way that you will never fully understand, then I want to invite you to ask the bigger questions. live this life without asking the bigger question, who are you God? Who are you God? I want to know who you are. Because he wants to reveal himself to you. A few months ago I was talking to a friend and I said, have you ever have you ever really experienced the presence of God? Not just this rational Christianity or this logic that you think, yeah, the Bible makes sense and I'm going to follow this, but have you ever experienced the presence of God? Because, man, this presence, it leaves you speechless. This presence, it just embraces you. And that's what I want. It's his birthday, but we get the gift that he would just embrace us his presence would just make all things new God we come into your presence and we thank you that we have the privilege of doing so we thank you that we have the privilege of worshiping you we thank you that we have the privilege of knowing you that we don't have to rely on some priest or on some works that we got to do but that we can just say yes Lord come into my life And Lord, I pray that your tangible presence would make itself known in each heart today. That no one can leave this place indifferent. That every heart would be stirred. That every heart would be moved by your love that comes like a rushing wind. Your love that that comes like a tidal wave that we just cannot contain. God, I pray. Holy Spirit, will you move in this place? We don't want to just go through Christmas because it's tradition, but we want to stop and create an opportunity to come before the King of Kings who sits on the throne, and we want to say, Holy, holy, holy are you. We did not deserve your mercy, and yet you give it all for us because you love us. 
And it's not about us. It's all about you. We give you our worship. We give you our praise. We give you our lives. We give you our attention. Speak, Lord, as your people come to you this evening.